0: I hit the button and just things start happening. The fireworks go off. I can't wait to introduce my guest today. He's a serial entrepreneur, a marketer, a leader, a thought leader in the world of podcasting and marketing. And he, I would call him, he's the guesting czar. He knows more about podcast guesting than probably anyone on the planet. And I can't wait to... Crack open his skull and and just learn from him. And, and he's constantly studying the the industry. He's constantly studying guesting, podcasting, all these things. And he's he's got studies coming out. And he's he's also got his own podcast coming out called "Ordinary to You, Amazing to Others." I can't wait to introduce you to the podcast interview marketing king himself, the author of Podcast Guest Profits, chief evangelist officer and founder of Interview Valet, Tom Schwab. Welcome, sir. Uh, Casey, thank you for having
1: me here, and I'm going to own that, right? I'll take king and czar of podcast guesting, Early on, uh, one of our clients called me the fairy godmother of podcast guesting. And Carrie Wilkerson is such a nice lady. I'm like anybody else. I would be
0: um, insulted by that, but I owned it. Well, we've upgraded you. You know, now you are the absolute dictator. Uh, You're both king and czar. I don't know if you can be both, but I guess if you are king, you can just decide that you're king and czar of the world. Who am I to argue with you, right? Yes. No, you can't argue. I'm the host. So, Hey man, I, there's so much experience in there. Uh, I want to just sort of get to start learning from you. So I want to ask you this question. It's that question we, we use to start off every show and interview interview, Tom, pull back the curtain for us on your experience and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast.
1: I think it's the, and I love that you're asking strategy. Yeah. Because that is what's important. That's going what's going to change your business, not a tactic that's going to be outdated, right? And I want to propose to you that you're not one funnel away, you're one conversation away, right? And we're all told, "Oh, you're just one funnel away. You need to break through the noise and do all this." And think about it. You know, the 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 best things don't come through funnels, right? Your best clients probably didn't come from there. Your, your best team members, your best partners, heck, my wife, right? She did not come through a funnel. It came through conversations. It came through introductions. And I think the higher the value of the relationship, and that could be a business relationship or a personal relationship, the more conversations it's going to take. So if you're trying to to land big clients, right, the thing that works for a uh, $5 tripwire product isn't going to work for a five-digit consulting mm. uh, contract. You know, uh, there's a great book out there called ClickSand, how digital marketing is ruining your business. And I love how Bill Troy in there points out that whales don't click and big fish don't swim through funnels, right? And I think too often now um, – We're being sold this idea that um, the tactic is, oh, just build a funnel and, and do more, break through the noise. And people are forgetting that it takes the conversation. It always has. It did for our grandparents. It will for our grandchildren. And I think when you said strategy, the strategy is how can I have great conversations with people that could be my great blank employees, Partners, customers, focus on the conversations, and the results will flow.
0: One conversation away from success, connecting you, you, one connection away from achieving those goals you have. Talk to me about the differences. You mentioned this, like the the, the difference between someone who's buying a five dollar thing from you versus a five hundred thousand dollar thing. What changes, and in in the context of podcasting what do we need to be thinking about with our guests? How do we need to be treating them? How do we need to be, um, how do you set these conversations up for success? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, what's it going to take for success, okay. right? Because
1: if you're selling a $5 product, I don't need to know a relationship, right? My my risk in that is very low, right? So if if I buy a $5, you know, pack of gum or something, and it doesn't work out, I throw it away. There's not a lot of risk in that. And so with that, yeah, it's high volume, low touch, um, no soul to it, right? The the cheapest person is going to win. And there are avenues for that. But if your business is built around no like and trust, if it's built around relationships, people are going to have to get to know you. Right. And you marketing is all about attracting your ideal people and repelling the other ones. Right. right. And there's that old thing that you can't say enough of the right thing to the wrong people or the wrong things to the right people. And I would argue that as people have gone away from conversations and tried to automate everything mm-hmm. and, you know, just blast it, they could actually be hurting themselves. Right. If you're a If you're a high-level brand, if if you're asking for a premium price, right, do you really want to be seen everywhere, right? Do you want to be, uh, we had one of our clients that came to me and I said, well, why do you want to do podcast interviews? And I loved his his answer. He said, because I think that most of social media today is like advertising above a urinal. And I paused. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? He's like, I'm a high-level brand, all right? It's a it's a high level. He was a consultant, right? If people saw me um, everywhere on the bus, above the urinal, you know, every time on social media, <laughs> he's like, it would, it would, it would hurt my brand as opposed uh, to help it, right? Yeah. And you think about it, you know, if you if you want the the best lawyer, if 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 your child's life depends on the surgeon, right? Yep. Yeah. Are you going to be the, are you going to buy the one or buy the one, <laughs> hire, hire the one that you saw on the bus or, you know, you saw on a social media ad? No, you're probably going to ask for a personal referral or right. someone that you know. You want to know what this person's heart is, not just what their, what their qualifications are. So I think more and more is, is it just gets to be noise? Um, it's going to be the conversations that, that, that stand out right the noise is going to be the cheapest person wins right but that's not the way to that's chasing the transact transaction that's not necessarily growing a
0: business right and you know and I, I think i mean this this particular conversation applies to both marketers uh business owners executives as well as fellow podcasters because i, I feel like from a podcasting side we can dip into that a little too much. I've I've definitely received invites to podcasts that felt like a marketing funnel, right? It was like, click here. You know, it's like a single LinkedIn message. And if you're interested, click here, you go there and they've got their Calendly page completely set up. So that I can just fill in the de- like, but too many questions. Fill in the details, and I'm like, what the hell? I I might as well be filling out a form on a website to get in your funnel, right? And it it felt so impersonal. <laughs> it felt like they were trying to sell that five dollar thing, and it wasn't a great start to the relationship. Talk to me about how you how do you do podcasting right in terms of relationships?
1: Yeah, and that's actually there's a name for that. It's called the Trojan podcast. Trojan podcast. And it's- the Trojan podcast. And um, you see those where somebody just mass emails a bunch of people and, Hey, I would love to have you on my podcast. And like you said, you fill out this big form. uh, Then you may have a pre-call with someone, which is basically their sales development rep. Ah, And then you get on this, you know, uh, if, if you pass that, then you get to be on the podcast and the podcast is a quick, 20 minute, tell me about your business, tell me about your biggest challenges, and then hit stop hitting record. And then they go into yeah. the pitch. And once you're in the funnel there, they keep doing that. And to me, um, I just that makes me uh, makes me vomit, yeah. right? Because it's just so impersonal. I think the best ones are the conversations and not even an interview, right? Because we'd be having the same conversation if we were sitting down. Over a beer 100%. or a cup of coffee, yeah, right. I'm asking you questions. Yeah. You're asking me questions, and those those are the ones where I think you get people get to understand you, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you don't want more leads. I, I don't want more leads, right? Uh, a lead Wheel. is just a, a is that number. true? <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. It's, to me, leads are like Facebook likes and Facebook followers okay. and everything like that. You've got so many of these leads that come in and just because they clicked on something. Right, ultimately, right. That's not a lead. You right, want, exactly, exactly. Right, yeah. the, you're optimizing for great customers, people that understand who you are, right? And from that standpoint, if if you bring them in in the right way, you'll have fewer leads, you'll have better leads, you'll have better converting leads, Right. It's all that thing of what are you optimizing for? If you just want more leads, you can get those. But at the end of the day, we want more great customers. Right.
0: Optimizing for leads over customers is or over revenue is a surefire way to spend all your money and wind up with no job. <laughs> right? It's just it's a even, shortcut to oblivion. I'd even push it one further. Not
1: optimizing just for sales, but for profits, right? There's an old joke in Michigan here that um The car companies were losing money on every car, but they'd make it up in volume, (laughs) right? So, you know, one of my big things this year is better is better, right? More is not better. Better is better. And I think when you're on a podcast and you're sharing who you are, what you do, who you work best with, who you don't work best with, it really attracts your ideal people that you can help and it repels those that you can't. And you know why? Why work them through your funnel? Why waste their time if they're not a good fit? Yeah. Right? Let's let's be honest with everybody on this. Um, and I think the richer the marketing is, like a discussion or a, a personal invite or a physical stage, right? Physical stage or digital stage th- that allows you to get so much better leads, clients, and really profitable customers. Mm.
0: It really, yeah. And and I want to dive into Better is Better in just a second, but I I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about the world of guesting. And, you know, most people listening to this particular show, uh, though we may need to rebroadcast this in many places because this is a really good conversation, but but on Creating the Greatest Show, we have podcasters who are, are listening. But talk to us about whether these podcasters go out and guests in other shows or maybe tips they can give their own guests. How do you, I mean, how do you boil down guesting into just some core best practices? Yeah. And I would say um,
1: from a podcast host standpoint, right? Where is the best place to get more podcast listeners? Probably listening to podcasts. Yeah. Right. If someone has never listened to a podcast before, if you spend, $10,000 on Facebook, it's probably not going to make them listen to your podcast for the first time. So going on to other podcasts is a great way to build your own. Mm. And always focus on the who, who do you want to talk with? Not necessarily what podcast do I want to go on, right? Because you can find different people at different areas. Like I can think of one client uh, we had, he was a life and business coach. Um, and, you know, he talked about work-life balance. Sure. And all of a sudden we're like, hey, this podcast, 40 plus fitness would be great for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not a fitness guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but when you're on a business podcast, you sound the same. You talk about work-life balance. These were his people. He wanted to talk with, you know, people in their 40s and 50s that were were trying for more. And so he went on there and said, you know, You got to have work-life balance. It does you no good if you make your first million by 30, if you make your first widow by 40. Casey, that converted better than anything, right? Right. So I would always say, um, if you want to grow your podcast, one of the best ways to do that is going on other people's podcasts and think, who do I want to listen to my podcast and what other podcasts would they be listening to? you know, a great example of that. Uh, we were talking about him a little bit before this, Jordan Harbinger. Uh, Shout out to Jordan. Years ago. Oh, Jordan is amazing. Uh, I remember one Saturday he called me and he told me um, that he had just gotten fired from the Art of Charm. Mm. And I I thought he was joking, right? Uh, that's like firing Seinfeld from the Seinfeld show. But- You know, he did. uh, He got voted out by his partners and he started the Jordan Harbinger show. But the way he launched that show, which is now multiples of what Art of Charm ever was, Mm. is he went out to get on other podcasts, right? He was a nobody again because nobody knew where to find him. So he had to go out on shows and explain what his vision was, what he was trying to do and attract people back there. Because it's not a zero-sum game. If I I listen to your show,
0: doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to somebody else's show. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, and and it's funny we were talking about creating a uh, new podcasts, and I had joked, you know, at some point I need, need to just make the, the Casey Cheshire show just so I can talk to anybody. And obviously Jordan has uh, the Jordan Harbinger show, so he's free to talk about the country. But I wanted to take you back to this this point: the idea of targeting a fitness podcast because the audience. It's hundred percent. It's, 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 it's very similar. It's like 40 plus. It, you know what? It was sad. I, at the moment I thought, ah, those old people listening to that podcast. And I went, shit, I actually fit that category. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) But, but it's so true, right? It doesn't have to all be, I'm a marketer. They're all marketing podcasts or I, you know, I need all business owner podcasts. There are, there are interesting parallels to get to the same audience.
1: Yeah. And we've even seen this with clients that we've worked with that are want to talk to accredited investors, mm. right? And all right. So let's go on some investing shows where all they talk about is accrediting investing. Well, you know what? You're going to sound like every other person there, right? A variation of it. What you really want to do is, you know, talk to doctors, lawyers, professionals, maybe high level sales reps. So if you get on those shows, you stand out a whole lot more and what you're really trying to do is focus on your target audience, not necessarily what podcast, because often the podcast could be a competitor, right? right? Um, And especially on the financial side, they're not going to let you in in front of their audience. So you've got to find other ways to get them
0: there. Yeah. It takes a certain kind of person to, I mean, I kind of like the idea of bringing competitors into a podcast and then, smashing the status quo and just saying, yeah, let's expose people to this audience. And, you know, whether they promote it or not, There's something, creating relationships with competitors can be really interesting, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. And it's definitely a mindset thing. And most people don't have the abundance mindset where it's like, yeah, there's enough for everybody. Um, And so you see that a lot in podcasting where they won't take a quote unquote competitor, but I agree with you. It's like um, we're not for everyone, and uh, I'm friends with all of our competitors, and they focus on different things than we do, right? right? And have a different
0: viewpoint on it. So you're routinely getting guests for f- finding guests, beautiful spots like this. And talk to me about like if you had three power power tips for being a guest on a show. What what is the most important? top three in your mind sure so if you are a guest on somebody else's show yeah. number
1: one your job there is to make the host look like a genius for inviting you right bring as much value as you can put everything out there right uh there's a great podcaster uh, doug sandler from nice guys on business and i loved how he said something he's like if you do a good job on my show You don't have to promote yourself. I'll promote you, right? So your job is not to do a pitch there. It's to bring value and make the host look like a genius for inviting you. So that's number one. The second thing is be a gracious guest. And I think people forget about this, right? What does it mean to be a guest, right? It means you show up on time. You show up prepared. Uh, You say thank you afterwards. You compliment them, right? If you you get invited to somebody's podcast, make sure you show up on time. Make sure your sound is great. Make sure you know what their podcast is about. Make sure that you've listened to some episodes, you know, and people are like, oh, I never thought about that. Well, think about going to somebody's house as a guest, right? You just wouldn't show up and go, huh, I wonder if this is black tie or a barbecue. <laughs> right? You better prepare and let them know beforehand, right? Yeah. Um don't have them worrying five minutes before oh, are they going to show up or not? Yeah. So so the first one is make the host look like a genius for having you there. The second one, be a gracious guest. And then the third one is promote it as well and as diligently as the host does. And that's a big misconception in this industry we'll have people say well i like guesting because
0: i, I don't have to promote it the host does that it uh, hmm. sounds like a shitty guest that, to be, it. let's be honest <laughs> that sounds terrible I, don't invite I, that I person on a, my stop. show tom
1: <laughs> well it's it's not a gracious guest right? right and podcasting is very um very small still yeah. podcasters know podcasters yeah. if you go on somebody's show and you do like a one night stand, go show up uh, for it and then never promote it, never do anything like that. You'll never get invited there and your name is going to get spread around, for sure. right? And it's not going to be a good thing. For sure. We had a client came to us and um, they were launching a new product and they had worked with a, another agency before. They weren't pleased with them and they heard great things about Interview Valet. And so before we engaged with them, we reached out to some of the podcasters that they had been on, you know, 18 months before. Yeah. And Casey, to a person, they all said, oh, yeah, we'd never have them on again. <laughs> they never promoted anything. We didn't engage with them because they had they had burned so many bridges. Now, the flip side That's is, smart. is the people that are gracious guests, man. They're doing JV deals with the people. Uh, they're doing affiliate deals. Yeah. They're getting invited back, yep. right? Yep. It's that start a relationship with it. Yep. So um, if you do those three things, you'll be 90, better than 90% of the
0: guests out there. And as you mentioned that last one, I not even the promote side, but I have met some terrible guests guests might i even say some weird people that maybe just you know just not necessarily good or just got not only a bad vibe not like a bad interview but just like a bad person vibe that and yeah when you violate these kind of rules you're just like oh i not only would i never have you back on there you're actually right you know podcasters do talk in the back channel and say hey did you interview that person yeah don't yeah don't do that unless you want to have a little entertaining afternoon. That was a terrible interview. I never even talked to that person. It was crazy so yeah there there is something about you know having that reputation and and not violating these these principles would I want to dive in though the that first one was making your host look like a genius how How do you do that? How do you make them look like a genius?
1: genius for inviting you, right? You want to bring lots and lots of value, Value. right? Um, You think about it. If, if you invited me um, to a dinner party and say, I want to, um, uh, I I want you to have to invite you to some friends, right? I would come there and I would want to be engaging. I want to, would want to be gracious. I wanted to give as much value as possible. I wouldn't go to every question well, you know what? Thanks, Casey. I'm glad you asked that. I've got a course. And if you just spend $49, (laughs) you can get that answer. That would insult you. It would insult your guests there. No, put a lot of value there. And one of the things that most people don't know is the dirty little secret in podcasting is the number of interviews that have technical glitches, right? Mm -hmm. So if all of a sudden you show up and you're, just just selling your stuff, right? You're using and abusing that podcast. You don't have good audio. The host may be very gracious and, and not say to the end and then just give you an email, oh, I'm so sorry, the, uh, the file got messed up. You know, it will never air, right? And it will never get rescheduled or anything like that. Um, so just don't think that just because you're on there and you've got the stage, that you can use and abuse that audience, uh, because
0: chances are that interview is going to get lost. Wow! Uh, you know what? Uh, we, ringmaster, we have our ways of uninviting people for our clients, and um, we have not tried that one. I, I, I wonder if we could do that because that might look like we messed it up but we i guess we could always blame it on squadcast right <laughs> <laughs> always blame it on the technology well you guys
1: do a very good job of vetting right, right. you do the pre-interview we've known each other we've met each oh. other um you know in real life and so i think that makes a whole lot of difference yeah. there oh, um you know before i'm going to i'm going to introduce my audience to somebody i want to make sure that that they're bringing value on. That.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, you know, this got me really thinking about just guesting disasters, right? So what's the opposite of bringing value? And you mentioned that, that pitch thing. And that reminded me of a, a Joe Rogan episode where this gal he was interviewing kept saying, well, yeah, I mean, that's in my book, you know, that's in my book. And it was so bizarre because she said it eight times and you could see even that guy as chill as he was smoking whatever he was smoking eventually he was like yeah but could you tell me because I don't have your book right here in front of me I'm like like could you give me I get it your book you're promoting it you're on Rogan you'll sell millions don't worry about it but like could you answer the question um, so yeah that that pitch rule is just that's just like a I almost like you need a bumper sticker like no pitches you know well and
1: it's um I, I hate the word pitch, yeah. right? I mean, even, um, in podcast guesting, people say, well, do you pitch this show? Do you pitch that show? I know where the term comes from, right? You pitch an idea, you pitch a story, but all of a sudden it's becoming, you're just pitching people and that's dehumanizing, right? You introduce them. And I think it goes back to, there's a, a best tweet I have ever seen came from Rand Fishkin. Okay. Uh, Rand owns a, uh, owned a company called SEO Moz, um, And he said, the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. So I think where it really comes in on a great interview is after you've put all of these value out there, then to say at the end, well, you know, where can people learn more? Well, tell them where they can learn more, give them a place to go there, but, um, don't uh don't be pitching the entire time. Yeah. Sort of help them take the
0: next step. Don't be just trying to sell the product. Yeah. That makes a a lot of sense. Having some kind of prepared list, some talking points. Do you do you prep folks? I mean, because you don't want to get too scripty, right? You don't want your your guests when they're going out in the podcast you're placing them on to, to start reciting things. So do you have any advice for guests around the that
1: yeah um it's it shouldn't be groundhog state there's nothing more boring than the same interview over and over at that point people will stop listening to you cuz it's like i've already heard yeah. this so try to focus on one theme right this is really what we've been doing here and then just like any speech right if if you're doing a keynote well maybe not a keynote but if you're doing a speech most of the time if you've memorized the beginning and the end you know we know how to start it and we know how to land it, you can just sort of make it up as you go in the center and just answer the questions, Yeah. right? So that that first question that most people will ask you is, so tell me about yourself. That is not the question. The question is, why are you here? Why should we listen to you? And what value will you get out of this, right? So make sure that you've got a tight answer for that. And then at the end, When they say, so Tom, how can people get in touch with you? Or do you have any final thoughts? Make sure you know what you're going to say there. And so many times I hear people go, well, you can find me on LinkedIn here and Twitter here and and email me and here's my phone number. And it's like, it's like giving kids too many options. They'll never remember, Yeah, you know, our testing. And I'm a, I'm an engineer by degree. So we do a lot of testing. The best results always come from sending people to one place. We call it a um, a welcome page, right? So it's a little bit different than a landing page or a squeeze page. It still has the navigation. If they want to look around, they can, right? But you want to send them to, okay, here, uh, behind the curtain, I'll make a page that's interviewvalet.com forward slash ctgs for creating the greatest show, all right? You send them there because it's evergreen content going to an
0: evergreen page. And Okay, let's get rid of the T, uh, re- CGS. How about that? CGS slash CGS. And yeah, we'll link we do to it um, in the show notes to make it super meta for people. So interviewvalley.com slash CGS, um, and we'll link to it.
1: I was going to say, this, this is not a pitch. If you want to
0: see it on a welcome page, looks sure. Like, but this is good. Just, just go there. Yeah, no, this is good. Yeah. So describe what people will see on this and, page, and people should click through because they can get a sense of what they'll see on a page and they can contact you too.
1: <laughs> right. And so, what you're, what you're going to see on there is if you're listening to this, you have no idea what I look like or my website looks like. So, the first thing that's going to pop uh, up there is going to be the artwork for creating the greatest show. Right. So, it's sort of that trust seal. And then there's going to be some boilerplate um, text, right? Um, you're going to see my picture, all my social media there. And then what we have found is, and digital marketers will cringe over this, right? Every digital marketer will tell you one call to action. We have found through nine years of testing over 1,500 clients that giving people three ways to say yes always converts best. So it's more like meeting them where they are. So you give them a small yes, a medium yes, and then a heck yes.
0: A small yes is just a quick win that will get them there. Can you like for us? Do you have a Do you have a page that already exists that you could like chat to me, and then I will click on it, and um, I, that way I can ask you questions about it. Oh sure.
1: It will pretend like say. I'm looking
0: at the uh, the one you just described because obviously you don't have it made just yet. And that's what, I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? It's, it's that practical, like, roll up our sleeves. Okay, three ways to say yes. I'm dying to see that. And so it'll be fun to go look at that and figure out what are those three ways. I do love a good squeeze page, but so, I, I totally get the idea of having choose your own adventure. You know, Let people email you or let them follow your show or tweet you or whatever. Sure. Let me put this in.
1: In the chat. Could you get that? I will click it. Nice. I see it. So this is one I did for Jamie Masters years ago. And this is the one I always use as an example. Oh, so it doesn't mess, mess up
0: the analytics. But what you're going to see there, it's going to be welcome Yep. show name listeners. Yeah, I see the flash right? image, yeah, and their show name. And I see oh, the artwork like you've described, yep. You see the hero image, which is the podcast yeah. artwork. Then you
1: see the guest's picture, yep. right? All their social media there so you can do it click on it if you want to go to the LinkedIn or whatever. And then there's three calls to action and a small yes, medium yes, and a heck yes, right? So the first one that we typically oh, those do are the, is three at three the bottom, right? At the bottom, right? So um, if you scroll down, you'd get all three. Most people are looking on their phone, so they just
0: stack. Right. Oh, yep. So good small, call. medium, so, large. So right? good thing to put, point out to our marketing friends and non-marketing friends is that this page needs to be able to work on mobile so that yes. if they're listening and they click on that thing, they can see it. They're not going to be at their desktop listening.
1: Okay. Yes, and always check the pages on mobile because we, we make them on desktops and then everybody looks at them or majority of people look at it on um, a mobile device. So, the small yes is just something to get them back there. um, Just a little doesn't take much time or money, right? Assessments work well, checklists work well, Um, even pictures or videos, right? And the one that I typically use is there's an assessment 10 questions. Will podcast interview marketing work for me, right? Everybody wants to know that answer, right? Now, the medium yes always takes them a little bit more time or a little bit more money right? So that could be a face to camera video. It could be a a training or a webinar. It could be a small product. For me, I always give away my book, right? Because if somebody gets the book and reads it, that goes to, largely goes to a sale. And then, you know, if you are answer to prayer, right? If somebody hears you on a podcast and they're like, oh, I need what Casey has, right? Yep. If they come with credit card in hand, wanting to talk to the wizard, don't slow them down in a funnel. Give them a way to buy or do a discovery call, something like that. And so that's why I always say, you know, and if you'd like to talk with me or my team about how you could leverage podcast interview marketing, I'll put my calendar there and we can find a time to talk.
0: Love that. And you've got it integrated right there with HubSpot meetings. So it's beautifully just like lined up. Smart. Very clean. Yeah, I love these options, man. <laughs> I, and what's great about it is I, I kind of want all of you – know, you look at – and by the way, the microphone you're using, people need to click through because uh, – just see the example. The microphone, that copper microphone, well, it, not only is it on brand, but it kind of reminds me of a beer. So I had to look twice. <laughs> I was like, is that a microphone or is that a beer on that icon? Um, but it, lo- it looks really good. That could be subliminal marketing. You know what? Just claim it that you did it on purpose. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) cool. So you've got three different options. And I see above that, even, I mean, I guess you could call this some smaller options. You've got links to your social, to your Twitter, right to your email. So people can connect. And I do like that you have that picture of you smiling there in case people have just been hearing you. They don't know what you look like. Right. And sometimes you just want to put a face with the voice yeah um
1: and you know some people will want to connect for via social media that's fine right make it easy for them in the same way with putting all the navigation on the top yeah right if somebody heard me for 30 or 45 minutes and is so interested that they want to look around the
0: site that's fine right yeah like take your time click around do that kind of thing um very cool Let me switch up a little bit. There's a couple things I want to address and then I want to, uh, because obviously we can't chat all day if I, even if I want to better is better. I know this is a theme that you've set for this year. Tell me more about that. What does that mean? I learned that
1: from one of our clients, Steve Acho came to us and Steve is a great um, recruiter. And he said, more is not better. Better is better. And I said, what do you mean by that? And He's like, well, what if I got you, you know, went to monster.com and I got you the 21 billion resumes from the 7 billion people on earth. Does that help you? Or what if I said, here are three great people that would transform your company. I think these three great employees, which one is better? (laughs) And I'm like, Ooh, I know which one I would choose. And we're really focusing on this on podcast guesting also. Because Casey, I'm a little bit um, almost embarrassed about this. I've done over 1200 podcast interviews and early on I was, I was just trying to do as many as I could. Right. Uh, and what I realized is it's not just more and more appearances. It's what are you doing with them early on? I wasn't promoting them. I wasn't repurposing yeah. them. It was groundhog's day. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't moving the needle. It wasn't until I started to say, how can I do them better? How can I do better interviews? How can I promote them better? How can I repurpose them better? How can I be a better guest? And if you're doing, you know, Groundhog's Day one after the other, you can't even remember what show it is, much less what stories you have told. And so that's one of the things with our clients we're really focusing on. You know, um, a lot of people in the industry we'll just say oh you do more and more interviews right because they're charging per interview yeah it's tempting right for and more yeah we're not op- yeah but we're optimizing for results yep not for our revenue because when our clients get results they bring more clients they stick with us so we're always optimizing for results and so with that we'll tell our clients you know just do better interviews right let's we'll work with you to promote them and get more out of it because at the end of the day you get return on investment of your time and your money and you know for many of our clients they're spending an hour between the interview and the prep time and all the rest of that they don't they don't have the time to do you know one of these just random interviews every every day yeah we'd rather have them do one great one that's going to move the needle every
0: week It's really interesting that you say that right especially if you're even selling you know the service of getting people on there it'd be very easy for you to say you know more is more and then try to put people on twelve hundred podcasts but I could imagine having exchanged at least twelve hundred hours of your life for these podcast interviews to go back and look at them and say you know what did I or my business get out of these and you don't even remember half of them because you were in quantity mode I, I can see how you would I mean, it's like, you're the living proof. You, you go back and you're like, okay, where is the groundswell of attention that I got from the quantity? And it was like, it wasn't the quantity. I'm sure there was a few key ones that drove the most attention for you. You probably could track it on HubSpot. Uh, we do. And not only that, but you know,
1: remember that welcome page, that welcome page, if you hit it, I know that where the podcast you came from so I can tell if it was a base hit or a home run we can attribute everything with that. And so uh, yeah it's really what are you optimizing yeah. for with that? And you know you think it so many times in, in in life like in the Marine Corps, right? There's a it, it's more more is better or better is better, right? You can you can throw a thousand dumb munitions uh and maybe you'll hit it. Maybe it'll cause a lot of collateral damage. you will make a whole lot of noise, yeah. or you know, send send one smart round in, or one sniper,
0: one sniper's bullet is all you need. Yeah. You, you don't need a thousand uh, artillery shells. Hundred percent, man. I was fortunate to be in the military when better was better, and not when quantity was better, right? I think back to World War II, and let's just throw quantity at this hill. You know, um, thankfully nowadays it's let's have small teams that are really, really smart and highly trained. And each one is very valuable as opposed to, you know, let's draft a bunch of people. And in business, if you've got a great big business, you know, maybe you can
1: throw a lot of resources at it. But if if you're a small business, you need to make sure that every dollar spent and every minute invested is producing results. And especially with podcast interviews, sometimes it's it's either senior leadership or the CEO or founder that's talking, right? If you're taking them away from other things for an hour,
0: it better have some good results to it 100%. and not just wasting time. hundred percent, man. Uh, now, one of our jobs as podcast hosts is to manage time. I know you've got your own really cool um, webinar coming up. Is that at 1245 or is it one? Do you have a hard stop where... How's your schedule? Uh,
1: it's at one. It's at one o'clock Eastern. We're going and uh, going through the uh, state of podcast guesting. I uh, love it. Twenty twenty three. Love it. We've got uh, every year. I, I'm a geek. Um, we keep data on everything. In God we trust. Everybody else bring data. Uh,
0: and whether you throw that on, on your your uh, landing page or we. You know, put it in the show notes. Either way, I'd love to link to that, even the recording of that, so that those listening to this can then, you know, I would keep you right up to one, but I I, I should give you some time to prepare yourself to to present that. Real quick, uh, there are a lot of podcast bookers, and some of the worst guests I've ever had have come from podcast bookers, but some of the the better guests I've ever had have come from podcast bookers. The reason we're talking is because thankfully the better ones have come from interview ballet, but talk to me about that. Also that dirty secret of the podcast bookers who are giving your industry a bad name, flinging random people at hosts.
1: Yeah. And it's um, we're judged by the worst in our industry. Yes. yes. Right. And so uh, that could be salesmen. It could be, uh, podcast, uh, production companies, it could be, um, uh, real estate agents, right? So the barrier to entry for somebody to say, oh, I'll get you on podcast, uh, is, is pretty low. And most of them are doing it without any data, any understanding their podcast, guessing, not podcast guesting. And they're charging you to go on those, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the Trojan podcasts there. Yeah we really look at it. We've been around for nine years, helped over 1500 clients on 75,000 interviews. And we're really focused, like I said, on results. So I would say, um, if you're a podcast host looking for guests, make sure that you've got a pool of people you can go to, you know, your go-to people. And those could be, podcast, um, uh, Interview marketing agencies like Interview Valet it could be a PR agency. It could be publishers, right? Uh, you look at somebody like the marketing book podcast, um, uh, you know, basically all the publishers go there with all their new books. Yeah. Great, right? So figure out where you can do that. And once again, more is not better. Better is better. Instead of taking random pitches from, you know, a thousand people, find those five or six that you trust that know you- right that you can have a conversation with and say, Hey, this is who I'm looking for. And then give them your personal email. The rest of them can go to black hole at, right? <laughs> we've got some clients that uh, uh, our podcast relationship managers have known for so long. They've got access to like their base camp. Yeah. And the podcast host says, just put all their information in the base camp. If I've got any questions, we can go through it. But at that point, it becomes almost like a, um, we become, more like an unpaid assistant yeah. and sometimes people will ask us, well, you know, why don't you charge the host? And I'm like, well, that sets up a huge conflict of interest, yes, right? We serve the host we, and the host helps us, right? So True. we serve the host, but our, the client is our, our customer, if you will.
0: Absolutely. Final question, Tom, uh, paid placement. What are you seeing around paid placement? Charging your guests a fee, small and large, to be on the show.
1: Okay, I believe in capitalism, yeah. right? I believe that America people should be should be paid for what they do. Um, and if you want to charge people to be on your podcast, that's your right, right? Um, what I also believe in is transparency, right? And so does the government. And they've made it very clear that if you charge someone, you need to make sure that that's very, very clear. I mean, abundantly clear. Think about it on radio or television. Every time they come back from a commercial, it's like the following is a paid endorsement, right? I want to make sure that I know, is this an interview or is this an ad? Mm. And last year, oh, it was, um, oh, it was in the, the fall. There was an ad or an article on Bloomberg about um, payola in podcasting NPR picked it up the FTC made a comment on it and in Europe there was a guest and a host that was found guilty of mis misleading uh, the consumer I believe that at some point you know the um, the FTC will crucify somebody and make an example out of yeah. them um will will they get everybody no don't be right? that one though. Um, will they get you. <laughs> Probably not. I just look at the the right thing. It's like there are some podcasts where anybody can get on there, yeah. right? Uh, you've got the 18-year-old life and business coach that's on there because he paid X number of dollars to get on yeah. there. The best podcast that I see, they get the best guests because they've got great
0: content, yeah. right? They're not just taking anybody that'll pay their fee. Yeah. And then as a host, you end up interviewing people for the sake of it. And they could be the worst interview of your life. And, you know, was it worth it in the end, you know?
1: And they can come out and think, well, I paid for this, right? So I'm going to pitch, I'm going to, i the audience, whatever. uh, I'm going
0: to take control of the show. Unless you really, yeah, that's a whole, whole business, but yeah, great point. It's almost like the litmus test is if you are comfortable telling the audience over and over and over again, that this is a paid placement and then all the repercussions that come from that, then knock yourself out, try it, but know that you should be clear about the fact that you're getting paid for that interview.
1: Right. And even if the FTC doesn't come down, sooner or later, your audience is going to find out about it.
0: They're going to figure it out. Right.
1: They're going to figure it out. Something will come up and you're going to lose trust with them. Which was the whole point in the beginning was building trust. Well, and it's a conversation, right? If we're going to have a great conversation here or, you know... um, is you know somebody just pipping out somebody else's stuff. Yeah. One of them feels ugly. Um, the other one feels like uh, it's more intimate, and uh, that that sh- that the host is your friend. You know, just keep
0: coming back to them. Definitely changes the power dynamic, right? We're not we're not peers. We're not both adventuring in this journey together. I'm putting up with you, and you're getting value. It's, it does. It makes it a weird kind of re- reality that. At least I don't like, but you know, people should be aware that it does, it will shift things for you.
1: It it does. And as you were talking about that, it's like the difference between you invite me over for a barbecue, right? Oh, that's so cool. I can't wait to meet uh, Casey and his family and his friends. And then you walk in the door and it's like, oh shoot, this is an Amway meeting. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to sign me up into his downline. All of a sudden it went from, we've got a relationship to... Oh, he's trying
0: to use me. Yeah. Hey, you want to sell some knives door to door, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about vitamin pills? Sign up here. You can be in my downline. Oh man, that, that's a great. That's a great, great point to end on, Tom. Where can people connect with you? I ask this because I always ask this, but now we're all in the loop and we know the answer is going to be. All right. Go back to valet
1: with a v dot forward slash c G. S. Uh, we'll have that assessment there. we Will podcast interview marketing work for me? The free copy of my book, Podcast Guest Profits. And if you want to talk about this, if you want to see how you could use podcast interviews to grow your podcast, to grow your business, or if you're just looking for great guests, go back there to
0: interviewvalet.com forward slash c. GS. Awesome. Amazing. Tom, thank you so much for coming on here. I have enjoyed working with your team. I've enjoyed our conversations here always. I've certainly learned from you. And I just appreciate your time today. Thank you, Casey. All right, everyone. If you learned something, because I know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back, then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader. One person, nine people, 3,000 people, whatever the number is. Get good information in other people's hands. Tag people, let them know. About all these things we talk about, don't be a Trojan podcaster either. So much good stuff here. Check out that that page as well, um, and feel free to create your own when you do your guessing experience. Man, Tom, thanks again. I appreciate you. Thank you, Casey. All right, guys, this has been another crazy episode of creating the greatest show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might work at it if necessary early and late in season and out of season not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour that which can be done just as well now pt barnum